Hey guys, this is Bruce and welcome to Convo Courses Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a few things. One of the things I want to talk to you guys about is process versus prize or system over goals. And this really applies to everything in life, but we're going to specifically talk about cybersecurity. Another thing I'm going to show you is a new book I'm working on. It's not. It's, it's going to be out, I don't know, probably within the next month and a half. i got to get it edited and all that kind of stuff. I'm actually still writing it. But it's going to come out soon. So that's that's something we're going to talk about. Then I'm going to open it up to any kind of questions you have about getting into this space in cybersecurity. And in IT, I got a lot of people contacting me about how to get in this field that's growing really fast or how to upgrade themselves and all that kind of stuff. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I'm a subject matter expert specifically in cybersecurity compliance. That's what I've been doing for most of this time that I've been in this space. And so if you have any questions about that, how to get in it, how to what to do, like specific questions even, I can answer them on this live. All right, let's get into this. First of all, I want to tell you guys I have a site called combocourses.com where I sell lots of stuff, a bunch of courses, also books and a ton of stuff for free if you are interested. So if you're interested in that, go check out combocourses.com. Like I said, lots of free stuff. It's free to sign up. Lots of training, downloadables. If you happen to be in this space, I'm constantly giving out free stuff. I'm trying to build a community, and that's why if you had question why I'm giving out anything for free, that's the reason why. Because I'm building a community. I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking about making a community that helps itself. And built one of these before in a whole different genre, and it it works really well, so that's what I'm doing. If you're interested in joining that community, join me on YouTube, join me on Discord, join me on TikTok, join me everywhere. Combo Courses, just type Combo Courses, you'll find us out there. We have a growing community of people that's coming together to learn this, to level up together, to get more, to make that money, really. That's what it comes down to, to take, take care of our families and uh, take care of ourselves. Okay, so what I'm going to talk to you today about the first topic of discussion will be about will be about process versus the prize. A lot of people contact me about trying to get to certifications or degrees and which ones should they get and all that kind of stuff. And it's really the wrong question, and I don't fault anybody for it because I was I had the same kind of questions when I first started. You should be focused more on the process, and this really goes on everything in life. Your focus should be not on the prize, not on how many likes you get, not on how many people are watching you, not on how many people or how many degrees you're going to get or, or courses or any one thing. It should be on the process itself. And we're going to specifically talk about cybersecurity because that's my profession. But this really applies to anything in life. Let me specify what I mean by using this an example. Lately, people have been asking me about the A-plus CompTIA certification and how do you get it? Where do you get it from? How do you, you know? All this kind of what kind of job can you get if you actually do that? All that kind of all those kinds of questions. And 
is there's nothing wrong with going for that certification or any other certification. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I would encourage you to get it if, if this is your first time getting in into cybersecurity, into IT in general. It's a good thing to get. But what I want to say is that the most important thing that you should focus on is the process of learning this, the common body of knowledge that goes into IT. And the reason why I say that is because if you focus on the common body of knowledge, if you focus on actually learning what you have to do in to get that certification, to get that IT certification, if you focus on that, you'll have all the knowledge that you need to go ahead and take the Google support IT certification. You'll have the knowledge that you need to actually go ahead and take the in network plus certification. You'll have all the knowledge you need to actually expand your whole your whole resume if you actually learn the stuff that's in the CompTIA A plus certification, right? It's just one thing. If you focus if you focus on just that thing, just that one prize, you'll get that prize. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you to focus on the whole orchard. I'm telling you to focus on the seeds that's going to get you like not just one certification, not just a little bit of experience, but expand your whole horizon and get you way more knowledge, way more certification, way more experiences and actually get more from the fruits of your labor. To do that, you got to focus on the actual labor, not the prize. The prize is cool. I'm not telling you like not to get it. I'm saying expand like what you're what you're doing by focusing on the work, focusing on the the process itself of learning, the process of learning all the curriculum that's in CompTIA. And let me give you a specific example of what I'm talking about. Let's go to CompTIA. Let's we're gonna use CompTIA A plus certification as an example of what I'm talking about. This is my this was my first certification. And this is why I promote it so much because after I learned that certification, I knew enough about computers to where I could get in this field. And I was working help desk for a while and I learned enough about troubleshooting and all that kind of stuff to where it was able to expand my entire career and eventually get me to work in making six figures and uh, being able to take all these vacations and all kinds of stuff. But here's the curriculum right here. And if you're listening to me right now, it's I'll read it. There's nine skills that you have to master to validate your CompTIA A plus certification. Hardware, operating systems, software troubleshooting, network troubleshooting, mobile devices, virtualization cloud, operational procedures. These all of these things and these sections, if you actually buy the book, these are the sections some of the sections that will mainly be broken into. And of course, I'll go more detail in each one of these areas. If you actually learn this stuff and not just go ahead and take the test and pass, because that's actually the easy part. Taking the test and passing it, you can actually go through and take a bunch of just retake the test over and over again. And eventually you'll pass the test. I'm telling you to study the common body of knowledge and know and understand what's actually happening. Do, go beyond just taking the test. Go beyond just taking the questions and passing the test. Go into actually setting up a lab in your house, figuring out how to put all that stuff together, figuring out your own network, figuring out how firewalls, host-based firewalls work. How is that different from network firewalls? Learning all that stuff by maybe even actually doing it in your own home. 
maybe actually helping your community out if there's an opportunity for you to do that. Actually getting hands-on to where you literally understand it. Building your own computer, things like that, to where you understand it so fully that the CompTIA A-plus certification, when you get it, is not a big It's your first certification, so obviously you're going to be patting yourself on the back. But what I'm saying is if you expand your base and you understand this stuff like you really deeply understand it, you can go then and go take other certifications, entry-level certifications easily. Like A-plus certification is the natural next step in your evolution. And then the next thing you could probably take is a comp is a Google support IT certification, which will probably be easy for you because you have gone so deep in the rabbit hole for A-plus certification. I'm telling you to learn the common body of knowledge and learn the process, put, the, put that work in, and that will give you all your other, everything else. You'll get all kinds of other prizes, not just the certification, right? And it might even inspire you to go get a degree if you choose to go that path. You don't have to, but you could. The process over the prize. This is a book I read, a really good book. I encourage you to go out and get it. It's called Atomic Habits. And it's really, it's a really good book. And he, one of the things he said in the book was, don't focus on the goal, focus on the system, creating a system to get that goal. And that's what I'm talking about. So if you focus on the process that'll get you to that certification, you can get a whole bunch of other certifications and experience if you actually understand how to build computers, how to build a network. If you actually have a hands-on that you can do in your house nowadays. So that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do. Super important. The next question should be, how do I get developed a discipline to focus on the work rather than just the prize? Because it's easy to work, focus on the prize. Like you're thinking about, okay, if I make this $65,000 a year after I get the certification, or if I can, if I maybe I focus on getting... I'll be able to get six figures if I get this professional level certification. Now, I'm not telling you not to get six figures. I'm not telling you not to get a professional level cert. I'm not telling you not to get a degree. None of that. I'm not telling you. That's the fruits of your labor. What I'm trying to tell you is if you focus on the actual process, if you work, if you focus on the discipline in that process, you can have any damn thing you want. And what happens, what I've noticed is what happens is that when you focus on that discipline, in this career path, all the people who I know who are at this super high echelon, this super high level, all these guys are highly accomplished because that's exactly what they did. They're more focused on like actually knowing and understanding how to do this stuff. And because of that, all these other certifications are within their grasp. They have all these other opportunities and all of these other success factors that come in because they actually know the material so well. That's where I want you to focus on. If you focus on the discipline of doing the process, then everything else, you'll not only have the certification, you'll have several other opportunities to take other certifications because you'll understand it so effectively. And then after a while, you notice A-plus certifications is not that big of a deal at all. You'll notice that the, the, any certification is not that big of a deal. One of the things that I've learned on, on this path of just having the discipline to, to really go deep in this and become a professional level subject matter expert in this field 
is that whenever I go to a new organization, they're always pat me on the back. I get all these certifications. I get all these awards, I should say. And, and I'm not telling you that to like brag or anything like that because it's not bragging rights for me. It's bragging rights is that I was able to take care of my family. It's bragging rights is I was able to take my family to Hawaii. That was dope. I do this for my family. I do this for to do better than just survive. And for me, that's the greatest reward that I could ever receive. Because of that, I don't care that some giant company gave me an award, gave me extra, a little bit extra cash because I accomplished something within their organization. When you, I'm focused on the process of allowing us to have a roof over our head and to eat good. That's what I'm focused on. The process that it takes to do that means me studying sometimes late at night. It means me waking up a little bit earlier sometimes. It means me putting in the work that I need to do beyond motivation because sometimes I'm not motivated. Sometimes I'm sick to my stomach and I don't feel like doing nothing. I don't feel like getting out of bed. All I want to do is watch YouTube all day and watch stupid videos. That's why. <laughs> but, what do, but I know that the discipline has to take precedence over bad habits. So once you get that in your head, once you start to develop this muscle of just having the discipline to get out of bed and stay up late or do other things you need to do to make these things work, it changes everything in your whole life. And I'm not just talking about cybersecurity. I'm talking about everything in your life. If you focus on the process and the discipline that it takes to do that process, you can do anything you want to do in this life. But it takes motiv- it takes discipline beyond motivation. Motivation's not enough. You got to have the discipline to do it. And that and cybersecurity is no different. So that's all I want to say about that. It's just something that I noticed about my own life. Anything that I've done in my life that was successful, but it came because I had the discipline to put I put in the discipline to do it. If you go out and the discipline takes you to another level, because if I fail a certification, you only fail if you quit. I'll just keep taking it until I've passed it. That's what I'll do. I won't. I I will not quit. I'll just keep taking it till I pass it. Once you get that discipline in you, nothing is going to stop you. You're just going to keep doing it. Okay. Anyway, let me tell you guys about a couple things here. So. If you didn't know, my name is Bruce. I run a site called Convo Courses. I'm building a community of like-minded cybersecurity people who want to teach each other, learn from one another. I call it Convo Courses because it's a conversation between me and the community, between us, between the community and itself. I'm building a community. I've got 10,000 followers on YouTube. I've got a few followers on, on Facebook. I've got a few followers on my Facebook group, on Discord, on and starting to build a community on TikTok where we're just helping each other out, learning from one another and building up. And that's the ultimate goal to this whole. If you're interested in learning more, you want to follow me, go to YouTube and then go to Combo Course, type in Combo Courses, you'll find me there where I talk about all things related to cybersecurity. I talk about how to get in this field. I talk about how to do risk management framework, which is my specialty and security compliance. That's what I mainly focus on. If you're interested in 
getting more out of this. I've got a book out there that's related to my actual specialty, which is risk management framework, where I talk about the security controls that go into NIST 800 risk management framework. Uh, I've got one that's foundational and I've got one that like foundational, I mean, you don't have to know anything. You just listen to the book. I've got it on audio, by the way, or you can read the book and, and learn a little bit more about that. And it's so popular that people are literally copying my book. Like this dude copied my book and is selling it. He copied my book and selling it as his own. Anyway, so it must be good if that's the case. I've got two books out there. I'm building more than just a book. I'm building an entire community. I'm building a, a an entire, something where you can talk to me directly. You could talk to me directly and ask me specific questions about how to do this. And I think that's why a lot of people have been following because I answer questions that they ask me. So if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to con to call to email me or you could actually ask me a question right now if it's related to cybersecurity I'll do my best to help you out and that goes for everybody in this community I really appreciate all the people who've been following me I appreciate all the questions I appreciate all the accolades all the great comments that I've gotten on my book it's really been a great a very rewarding thing to see people actually commenting and leaving positive comments on my books and stuff so that's really good if you didn't know go to amazon.com type in risk management framework or bruce brown you'll see my book there and i also have a site called convo courses i have a podcast i'm doing at least once a week i've got i'm on youtube doing combo courses so follow me if you're interested in this kind of content if you're interested in getting the it or risk management framework then follow me all right and i'm going to show you guys a glimpse of the book that i'm writing right now is how to improve your resume and be able to get people to contact you because that's what I've been doing in the last few years reason why I've been able to get all these jobs quickly okay D truth has a question on YouTube he says hey Bruce what resources would you recommend for keeping in tune with the latest trends and updates in cybersecurity and I would say D truth that's a good question by the way I would say that it really depends on what category 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 sorry that you have in cybersecurity because there's many different cat cybersecurity is a huge category it's huge like it's a huge field it's a huge umbrella you've got everything from risk management framework to you've got cyber threat intelligence which does threat hunting you've got you've got intel which is considered a part of cybersecurity cyber intel you've got forensics you've got all kinds of different branches of cybersecurity. so it really depends on the branch now if you want an overall of all cybersecurity, i can tell you i could tell you some of my resources and then what i'll do is i'll break it down into different genres of cybersecurity, the ones that i know all right so first the first really good resource would probably be the CISA's website. CISA is a government site, not the actual certification from ISACA. I'm talking about CISA.gov. And so CISA is Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency. This is one of the most, one of the best resources. Let me just switch my camera here for TikTok. 
for those who want to watch. So this is, this is CISA.gov, C-I-S-A dot G-O-V. And these guys are one of the best resources for things that are going on, mostly to the whole United States, like federal government, state governments. If there's a huge hack, you'll see them here pop up here. You'll also see different vulnerabilities that come out, like the big ones, different malware. Like right now here, they have 2021 top malware strains. And then they've got a blog here with the newsroom. Let's just go to, let's go to this one. This is dated August 31st. And this is SafeCon publishes 2022 SafeCon strategic plan. This is all like federal type stuff. So if you are in the federal space, this is one of your best resources. Let me see. What other resources are there? Other places you can go. If you happen to be in vulnerability management are the people who like manage. They manage. Let me see if I could switch. Oh, you switch it like that, huh? Oh, that's cool. Just messing around with TikTok. <laughs> that's what I'm doing in the background. So vulnerability management, that's people who take care of their organization's vulnerable patches, right? Pat there's patches that are always coming in and um, they have to update them. So one of the best resources for that is probably CVEs is a huge database of all the vulnerabilities that are popping up throughout the industry. That's through a vendor, it's all vendors. So it's not any one specific vendor. That being said, vendor, if you have like, say Microsoft patches, then the best resource is Microsoft for their most recent vulnerabilities and how to fix them. And then if, it, if you have a Cisco device, it's Cisco. That's the best place for the most current things going on with Cisco. And if you have an Apple product, same thing. Like if you have a Macintosh, you, you go to the vendor. But this CVE site is really good because it has a huge database that's constantly being updated to inform you of what is going on for vulnerabilities. Let me see if I can find a really good breakdown of this. Let me see, where do you... Normally, I find the individual CVEs from the from Google. <laughs> Let me see. CVE resources. Okay. Just trying to find like a specific CVE that I could show you here. So, yeah, CVEs are good for, for actual vulnerabilities. And then there's... Like I said, different branches of cybersecurity. So each branch has its own like group of resources. Government has CISA. Everybody in a lot everybody in the government goes to CISA site. And they have the most recent T's, advanced persistent threats, most recent vulnerabilities, all that kind of stuff. What's what the government's doing, like what where we should be focusing our energy, what is really good resource. And CVEs, this is like a huge database of all the places you want to go for vulnerabilities. And I'm look I'm still looking for the actual database of the actual vulnerabilities. 
let me just okay c c v e i'm on google right now typing in c v e let me see a specific one would be ios c v e for I ios they have a vulnerability data database that has every single vulnerability you could think of so this one's for ios 15.6 and at, this is going straight to apple's site for 15.6 a recent kernel update and webkit update that they have and it's for cve 2022-32893 you might be familiar with this one but i'm going to type that one into google and it goes straight to the cve site that i was just on and then it'll have a breakdown of how it affects other things. So this is one of the best resources that I was, we were using a lot. And almost every place I've gone to, we use the same thing. Private sector and public sector uses this one. Now, if you're in the Department of Defense, let me show you like department. See, it really depends on where you're at, but Department of Defense's best resources is called DISA, D-I-S-A, DISA.mil. Okay, so D the DISA.mil website has some of the best resources as far as how to fix your system. They have the STIGs, the security test, security technical implementation guides, one of the best resources on the internet. Even the private sector uses it. That's how good it is. But DISA is a really good resource for Department of Defense and actual federal government. And it's so good, recently it's gotten so good that even the private sector start using the STIGs. So, yeah, here it is right here. Here's the news that they're always releasing different stuff that's related to Department of Defense mostly. But their stigs are incredible. Their training is ridiculous. It's one of the best resources. It really depends on what branch and what area of cybersecurity that you're going in. But so I hope that answers your question, D-Truth. Specifically, what area, if you tell me what area of cybersecurity you're in, we can find like a really good resource for it. Okay, I've got a question or comment on TikTok. They said, hey, hi Bruce, how difficult is it to travel with a security clearance with or without a job? This is a great question. Okay, the question is, how difficult is it to travel with or without a security clearance? It's not difficult at all to travel with a security clearance. It just takes a little bit of research on your part. It depends on the on your clearance. So, Dietrich, thank you so much for that 19 bucks. I appreciate you. So, let me this is a really good. This is a great question. I'm glad so glad you asked me this question. So, let's answer this. Now, I'm speaking from a person who's had a public trust, which I have right now. I've had a a secret clearance and I've had a a TSSEI clearance, and I've known people who have a higher clearance than me. And I could tell you there's, there, there is a difference, all right? How difficult is it to travel? It's not difficult. You can travel anywhere you want. However, I'll start from the highest and go to the lowest, okay? So a friend of mine, and I won't name names. I won't tell how what kind of clearance he had. I'll just say it was a high, his clearance was higher than the SCI. This, if you want to Google what that is, then just research it for yourself. Just go to Google and type in high t clearances, high top secret clearances. He had one of those. He had something above that. 
And this dude could barely talk about what he did. He was very guarded. He said that they tapped his phone. Like they knew where he was at all times. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's preposterous. I said I would never work for an agency that does that. They openly told him, hey, by the way, we are tracking you. We know where you're going. Here's, And then they told him there's places you cannot go. There's, there's places you couldn't. And then when he named the places, I thought he was going to say, oh, I can't go to obvious places. Like I can't go anywhere near Iran. I can't go to – there's certain places in – some countries in Africa you can't go. There's certain places in – but then – he said he couldn't go to certain parts of the Philippines. I was like, what? There's certain parts of the Philippines he couldn't go because there was terrorist activity there. And I was shocked. I'm like, really? I never heard of nothing like that. I didn't, and for a second, I didn't believe him. Then he started breaking it all down because there's like a, some kind of terrorist threat in some part of Mindanao. I'm like, are you for real? And then there, there was they even questioned people he talked to whenever he would go overseas. So they weren't, and then a lot of times they weren't saying you can't go, but if you go overseas, you got to tell us where you're going. You got to tell us who you're talking to. That's the kind of clearance he had. All right. I don't like, I don't know much about that. I can just, all this is hearsay and bullshit. Okay. So do your own research on that one. I'm just telling you what this dude told me. Let me tell you about something I know about the clearance. Like I had a t top secret SEI. I had a secret clearance and I had a, a public sector. I'm going to tell you about those three. All right, so in my experience, number one, there's no, they're not restricting me to go to most countries. The countries that I'm restricted to go to are obvious, and most Americans should not go to these places. North Korea. Don't go to North Korea. Just don't. If you want to know why, just Google it. Just do your own research. Don't go. It's just stupid. It's just dumb. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> just don't. Especially if you used to be in the military. Just just don't do it. I don't, I just, anyway, I'm saying that because people have done it. You probably might be thinking like, why would, nobody goes to North Korea. People, don't do it. Iran, don't, just don't go. The U.S., and unfortunately, it's unfortunate that our countries, because it's, it's an amazing place with amazing history, amazing human history is happening there. And it's a shame that our governments can't work things out to where, Human beings can't go to certain parts of the world. To me, it's just dumb. But if you have a clearance, yeah, they monitor that. There's certain countries you really will lose your clearance over. There's certain places in, there's certain countries in Africa that you can't go. Certain countries in Africa you can't go because there's too many. There's a list. Normally, when you go to an organization, they'll have a list of places that you, they recommend you do not go. And so when you're, when you have your clearance, you're at this organization, one of the first things you should do is figure out what those countries are and what the policy is for your organization that you're working for. What policy do they have that says, okay, you cannot go to these places and here's why. And the reason why that you can't is because of this thing called ITAR. And so ITAR is, oh Lord, what is the acronym ITAR? It's like international, if you guys know what it is, please let me know. I can't remember off the top of my head. ITAR is International Trade Arms... It's, okay, yeah, here it is right here. International Traffic and Arms Regulations. It doesn't like this. The name of it doesn't fit what it does. That's why it's confusing because it's not just arms that they're tracking. It's like all kinds of technical.
technical goods and certain technologies. And I understand why they do it, because if you look at a country like China, China steals a lot of Internet. This is not cap. This is not conspiracy. This is real. China and other countries will steal certain technologies from U.S. companies. They do this on a regular basis. It's a pretty smart move, I think. They steal your, their IP. They've done it to Google. They did it to Google's search algorithm. They did it to Cisco. They did it to... They stole the... that uh, What's that jet? Oh, my gosh. The Joint Strike Fighter. They stole all the... They've done it to multiple successful organizations and not just in the, to the United States. China is just one example. All countries do this. All countries do this to one another. They steal intellectual property and then they either implement it or do something in their own country so that they can get a leg up. But a lot of people do this to the United States because the United States, regardless of way, how you might feel about the United States, it has some of the greatest innovations on planet earth and it's because we're living in some sort of golden age where all this stuff is coming out like eventually this is going to die out eventually all the ideas are going to shift to another part of the world probably china or something but right now u.s is in this place where all these inventions are happening mostly from even tiktok tiktok used to be vine you know what i mean like this idea of tiktok was taken from vine they looked at Vine and said, wow, that's successful. And then they re-engineered it, made it better, and then absorbed musically. And then now you have TikTok. Vine started in the U.S. And I don't know like what's going on in the U.S., why there's so much innovation, why there's so many. I think it's because, the in my mind, I know it sounds like stupid conspiracy theory but or some kind of stupid patriotism, but it's because we're, there's freedom here. There's freedom to... Think what you want and do what you and make mistakes. And that's why there's so many innovations here, I think. But if and if you travel the world, like what's weird, what's crazy when you travel, speaking of traveling, you see how much influence the U.S. has on other countries. You see how just going like Philippines, I was in the Philippines like last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and everybody's wearing FUBU shirts. FUBU is a U.S. brand from Diamond, what's his face? Not yeah, Diamond, that billionaire, the billionaire on on Shark Tank. That dude came up with that brand, and that thing's all over the Philippines. One of the most popular brands in the Philippines. You're walking through the mall, and I'm just saying, like the influence that the U.S. has is crazy. So one of the things that they that country like different companies will have you do is don't not do not take our intellectual property to these countries they'll have a list don't go to those places if you value your career look at what their policy is and adhere to it they're saying do not go to these countries don't do it so that's what i'll say about that it doesn't so to, to answer go back to the question i went off on a tangent the qu original question from tiktok was how difficult is it to travel with a security clearance with or without a job how difficult is it it's not difficult you can go wherever the hell you want the problem is there's certain countries if you go to go there if you have a high enough clearance you can lose your clearance and they'll have a bunch of questions at the very least they'll have a bunch of questions when you get back and they'll know where you went what you can do is before you go is you tell them i'm going here 
And then they'll have a list of things that that they will that they'll say for you to do or not to do. Is it difficult? No. Can you go? Yes. Can you jeopardize your job? Depends. If you violated that that organization's policies, then yes, that you can lose not only your clearance but your job as well. So just keep that in mind. Somebody on TikTok said, "Hey, yeah, they they're incredible at reverse engineering." Facts. Then in the Chinese, like in my mind, Chinese are the smartest human beings on earth. The China, the Chinese are ha- they're you say what you want, but man, they're in a they're I don't know, like it's so smart to steal. Like this is the smartest thing you can do: steal a billion dollars worth of research, take it to your country, and then boom, you have Baidu, you have WeChat, you have TikTok. How smart is that? That's brilliant. I am a lamp seeker says you might end up with a polygraph. Oh, yeah, a polygraph test. So one of the things that will happen is that you come back from your trip overseas and then they'll give you a polygraph test where they'll ask you a bunch of questions. Have you talked to any foreigners? Did any foreign person come up to you and ask you questions? This is just what I've heard from a friend of mine who has a high enough clearance to where they ask those kinds of questions. That's what happens if you have a high enough clearance. So do your own research. If you happen to be at an organization that has clearances and stuff and you're dealing with sensitive information, look into their policies. Look into ITAR, which is International Traffic in Arms Regulation. It's not as bad as you think. Normally, it's going to be obvious places that you shouldn't go anyway as an American citizen. It's just you're jeopardizing yourself. I'm just being real with you. Don't there's certain places you shouldn't go. If you want to know what that list is, you can probably go to they have a list of them on a U.S. Embassy. The State Department has a list of places that they recommend you don't go. If you have a clearance, you should probably listen to that list. Especially if you have a high enough clearance. All right. Let me ask answer another read some more comments here. D Truth, thank you so much, sir, for that that 20 bucks. I really appreciate you. He says I appreciate all you do. Your courses have helped me tremendously to learn risk management framework for my everyday duties. Thank you. And please keep up the great work and teaching people. Man, thank you, D-Truth. I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate this community. Thank you guys for watching me for all these years. Much appreciated. All right, let's keep going. I'm going to answer a couple more questions. I'm not going to be on here that long on this one. I feel like I said what I needed to say. But if you guys have any questions, I'll stay as long as we have questions. Let me see. I'm going on YouTube right now and answering some questions from there. I have a very lively, active community on YouTube if you're interested in getting diving into this. But I have one, a couple comments on TikTok says, I agree with you. You have to have some permission to go to some certain countries. You might get a polygraph. Wow, yeah, he this guy knows what he's talking about. So speaking back on on this security clearance issue. Not enough really people really talk about this, and that's why I think I get so much traction on YouTube and social media when I talk about this kind of stuff. But he says he says he when I was what I was saying is if you travel with a security clearance, you should get permission. The, the right thing to do is to talk to the organization. Okay. 
that's the safest and right thing for you to do if you have a clearance. If you have anything I say above a secret, if you happen to work for, even if you don't have no clearance and you're working for a an organization who deals with sensitive information, especially if you're trying to work from those countries, like you should really think about doing this. Talk to the organization first and say, hey, next month I'm going to Thailand. Next month I'm going to Indonesia. I'm going to Colombia, wherever the case may be. Just let them know. And what will happen is, because I've done this before, the HR department will say, here's a pamphlet of places you shouldn't go in Col- while you're in Colombia. Or you shit, you can't go to Cuba. You can't go there. You, here's why. And you might not agree with it. You might think it's stupid. And maybe it is. But the point is, if you try to go, you could lose your clearance and your job in certain places that you go to. And then he, Lamp Seeker says they might do a polygraph test on you. Like when you get people, what he means is I think this is what he means. This never happened to me. When you get back, they might ask you some questions and hook you up to a polygraph test to see if you're lying. I'm not. That's isn't that crazy? That's never happened to me, but a couple of friends of mine that happened to, that have a high enough clearance that that happened to. I'm like, wow, really? Yeah. So just be mindful of that. You can go, but the right thing to do is to talk to your organization before you go, and do your own research too. Look at their policies, right? If you don't want to say anything, you want your own privacy, whatever. Do your own research because they'll have a policy that tells you flat out, hey, look at the HR department's travel. They have a travel guide for you. Look at that. Read that thing, especially in the foreign country, foreign travel. Read that. And they'll have a list of do not fly. Like you cannot go to these places. Here's why. ITAR, whatever the case may be. Here's why you can't go. Or they'll say you can go there. But avoid these places. Or you can go there, but don't talk to... you got to avoid talking to just any random people to, coming up to you to asking you questions. And the reason why I say that is because one of the tactics that organizations from a foreign organizations will do is they'll have a casual, fine-looking young lady come sit next to you at a bar and start asking you a bunch of questions and get real, real intimate with you. And ask you a whole bunch of questions to get more and more information off of you and try to date you. If it's really serious, they'll date you like a damn spy and get even more information while they're dating you. Right now you have a long distance relationship with a person who works for the CCP or something. If you think that this is crazy talk and spy talk, this actually happened to a couple of Canadians. It happens to Canadians and Americans you don't believe me look it up like they work for the government or they work for a high level organization or just an organization that has all these innovations they'll get really close to you then they'll start asking a bunch of questions just be careful all right lamps seeker says keep up what you're doing thank you sir i appreciate that it says even a secret that you have you have to get permission at least 30 days. Oh, oh, you're saying if you have a secret clearance. Okay. Okay, listen to this. Here's some insider information right here. If you have a secret clearance, you have to get permission at least 30 days ahead. And some require 45 days or more. So the right thing to do. And he says, I'm an ISO, but 
I was in industrial security for 15 years. Oh, here you go right here. So these guys put me on game. Like people like this is combo courses right here. This is what I'm this is why I do this. People like this dude right here who come and educate me. This is a great opportunity, a teaching moment. So I didn't know this. So listen to this. If you have a secret clearance, especially if you work in cybersecurity, right? Regardless, IT, if you could work in the hospital sweeping floors, if you have a secret clearance, he's saying some organizations require you to let them know 30 to 45 days in advance. And he's saying he's an ISO, but he used to work in industrial security for 15 years. Industrial security are the guys who are really deep into things like ITAR, really deep into things like personnel security. So this guy knows what he's talking about. One time I was doing a live and I was like, I don't know. I've never had a polygraph test and I don't know how it works. And this dude just schooled me on it. And I was able to, we were able to push that information out so other people know information about a polygraph test. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Lamp Seeker. Great information. He says, especially if you didn't get permission. Yeah, you got to get, you should get permission. That's the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do. All right. Let me answer some questions on YouTube. And then D-Truth adds to that conversation. He says, always talk to the FSO of your company. That's a, correct me if I'm wrong, but facility security officer, functional security officer, functional. FSO is like a security person who does secure personnel security. Like they, they make sure that you, if you're going to travel somewhere, you're read up on any kind of issues that are going on in that country, if there happen to be any, things like that. You have to have situational awareness. You should know what you're getting yourself into if you do go to another country. And that's something that I've been really good about. I travel quite a bit. And I've been traveling even when I was in the military, I would travel. And you, it's really important to know situational awareness. And let me just give you a couple stories. Because I've been traveling since... I've had up to top secret clearance and I've traveled extensively. I've been to 15 different countries while I had clearances, while I was working in the private public sector. And I know a little bit of something about this. And I'm going to tell you a story. So when I, I was in, I, used, I was stationed in, in Korea. I was stationed in South Korea and... This was in year 19, I'm dating myself, but it was in 1998 to the year 2000. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little older than I look. Yeah, I was stationed there and I would just go off base. I would just roll, I would just roll off base. I was in Kunsan and Osan, that area, and I would... I was actually in working in security. I was a I was physical security at the time. I was a security forces member in the mil, in the military. That means I was military police is probably the thing everybody understands. Really, I was a weapon specialist. I was high level security guard. Anyway, so I would just go on. I learned Korean. Adishi, Kamsamni Da. I learned some Korean, and then I'd get in the car, and the, the taxi. And then just go. And so the problem with that is that there are certain places in Korea that people don't really didn't at the time and probably same 
hated Americans. At the time, there was a bunch of colleges that colleges are, right? There's just a lot of younger people and uh, influenced by like a rebellious mindset. And they, it, bottom line is they hated Americans and they blamed the U.S. for dividing the North and South Korea. And the reason why I know this for sure is because that's the rhetoric they were saying when they were out there protesting at the colleges. And also uh, that's with some of the gate guards. I would have to work with Korean, the Royal, the Republic of Korea Army and Air Force. I would walk, I would talk to them. Some of them were really cool and taught me Korean. And I would talk to them about English and hip hop and stuff like that. It was really cool. But some of them hated me and they would not say three words to you. And I would still talk to those guys and they would flat out tell me, I don't like Americans. And I'm like, well, why? And a little bit in Korean. Why don't you like the U.S.? And they would tell me, you guys divided the U.S. government, divided our country in half. And you guys are the reason why North and South are no longer speaking to one another. It's you are the reason. If you guys left, we'd be able to unite Korea. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's not what I was told. And I was like, then I'm thinking, are both of us being fed propaganda for our from our governments? And I was just thinking about all this stuff. Long, gonna, okay, let me get back on track. So I'm off base. And people are super cool with me. I'm some black dude in South Korea in the middle of nowhere. Nobody can speak English. I'm speaking my broken ass Korean. And people are super cool. But it's the older people who are cool. Younger people hated Americans. And so at certain places that you would go, I'd get back to base. And I was cool, right? I just met a couple. I had this great experience in Korea and everything. I was just like happy. But I get back to base and they said, hey, there was a dude who got killed. There was an army dude who was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and this mob of Koreans killed him because they were having a protest, and I don't know what this dude was thinking, but he was walking by college, and this mob killed this dude. And they were saying, do not go to these places. Here's the, this area here and this area here. If you are an American, do not go here, period. You are not allowed to go there. And they told us why. They killed more than one soldier who would happen to be near those. You might They might have had a girlfriend there. So I don't know. But these dudes were killed. And I was like, damn. Luckily, there were no, not big colleges where I was at. But just situational awareness. You got to know what's going on. So whenever you go off base, whenever maybe you have nothing to do with the military, you just traveling abroad or whatever, just know what's going on. I'm not telling, I'm not trying to scare you from going abroad. Man, you should definitely use leave the United States and go experience the world, experience humanity, experience other cultures, man. It's going to open up your eyes to a whole different. I'm different, man. I'm I've been to several countries. I've seen extreme poverty. I've seen extreme wealth. I've seen I know that the U.S. lacks heavily in certain areas that we shouldn't lack in. But I know that we that the U.S. is so successful in other areas. The U. It's the world is not what you think. It's way beyond what you believe or watch on TV or whatever. Like you got to go there, though. I'm not trying to scare you into not going, but I'm just saying have situational awareness. One of the things that the military taught me is you got to know what's going on. For your own safety and security, read the news that's going on in that country at that time. See what's going on with that country. 
I'll give you another story about situational awareness. Not too long ago, like maybe five years ago, I went to Thailand. And uh, I was in Thailand, me and my wife at the time. We were chilling. We had a great time. We I'd been there like four or five times or something. I've been there total four or five times. Love Thailand. I've been to two different cities there and stuff. I just the people are great, man. The the monasteries. I went to the monastery, seen that sleeping monk. There's this giant like sleeping monk, a sleeping Buddha. Oh man, it's just amazing. I went to Old Siam, which is now called Ayutthaya. Beautiful place, man. The people are so nice. I man, anybody who's never been there, man, you should try it. It's check. It's so amazing. Such an amazing place. Anyway, me and my wife at the time, we're there. We're hanging out. We're chilling. And had a great time. We go to leave. We get on the plane and we're leaving. We're on the plane leaving. And then as we're in the air, as it's taking off, we learn that the country just had a coup and they shut down the airport. So we might have missed that coup by about 15 minutes because we were already boarded and flying and they shut the airport down and nobody could leave. I had no idea this stuff was going on. I was just there as a tourist. I didn't see any protests where I was at. I didn't see any of that stuff. But a little bit of situational awareness for me would have let me know, hey, there's something going on. I had no idea. And a lot of times as a foreigner going to another country, you're totally clueless on this stuff. Always have situational awareness no matter what. Whether you have a clearance or not, whether you work at a company that has sensitive information or not always know what's going on in that country what's hot what's going on where not to go where to go you can find all this information on the internet a great resources would be the embassy's website they have they usually like a breakdown of alerts and warnings of places and what's going on they sometimes they're kidnapping americans there you know what i'm saying depending on where you go <laughs> this certain it's kind of like any places you go if somebody flew to the U.S., like the first thing you want to know is like where, right? So they could be going to Hawaii and having the time of their life or they could be going to Detroit and about to get get got in certain places in Detroit. Not saying all Detroit's bad, but certain parts are not so good. Like you probably don't want to go to Chicago O-Block on the south side. Not a good look, not a good place to go. And even people on O-Block in south Chicago will be like, no, don't come here. Do not, this is not a vacation spot. <laughs> All right, let me see. He said, please, do you think that you can use, that I can use my PMP certification to get a job in cybersecurity, cybersecurity space in the U.S.? Are you not in the U.S. right now? If you happen to be watching me right now, I got a question on TikTok. They're asking me. Do I think that they can use their PMP certification to get a job in the United States? So it depends, like you got to give me more information, okay? So if you have a PMP, so first of all, congrats, congratulations, PMP is an awesome certification. I know several, several cybersecurity people who have a PMP, who have a PMP, who they got it because it's a lucrative certification. So congrats on that. Can you get a job? Yes. The answer is yes, you can. If you're not in the United States, it's probably going to take a little bit longer because you're going to have to get a remote job, possibly. I'm, I don't know your situation, but the answer is yes. Regardless of the situation, it might not be the job you want. 
It might not be the money you want, but let me just let me. I'm gonna demonstrate this to you right now, live. Okay, what I'm gonna do is go to a common U.S. website. It's called Indeed. In the U.S., you've got, and every country has top search engines that you gotta go to. If you're trying to get a job in UK, the UK job search sites are not the same. Are not gonna be the same as the ones in the United States. Are not gonna be the same in India. Are not gonna be the same in pick a country. They're all different. So the first one, of the first things you gotta do in whatever country you're going to is find out what are the top search engine. And I'm typing while I'm doing this. What are the top search engines that I need to go to in order to find a job? In the U.S., one of the top ones is called Indeed.com, but there's several other ones: LinkedIn, Monster.com, Dice.com, CareerBuilder.com, ClearanceJobs.com. Those are all U.S. But if you go to, if you were finding another country, then it would be different. Okay, so let me show you guys what I got going on here. If you happen to be watching me still on on TikTok or Facebook or YouTube, what I'm doing is I'm on Indeed.com. And I just typed in PMP certified project manager and watch. Let's see what results we get. I hit find jobs. You can do this on any search aggregator, by the way, any job search site. So what you would probably want to look at here, it depends on your situation. If you're not in the United States, you probably want to get this first one here. That's a remote position. And then look at the requirements. So they have qualification. This one's 30 days old. So this is probably gone. See, one of the things you want to do is search by post-it date. But for now, like you probably want to do it within 14 days. But for now, let's just look at this one as an example for to get this dude a job. So I what I would do is I would go to Indeed.com, which is one of the top search engines in this country. And we found one here. It's Technical Project Support Manager. And luckily, Project Support, PMPs, lends itself to remote positions. So that's why I say, yes, you can find a job here. This is this one has a salary of a hundred thousand a year. That's pretty good. It's a full time position. They require a bachelor's degree in addition to your PMP preferred bachelor's preferred. So you don't have to have one five years preferred. This is really good. If you haven't have a PMP, you might want to check this one out if you don't make a hundred thousand. But I think this one might be gone because it's over thirty days already. So let me actually let me switch the screen so people on YouTube can see. All right, so. What I'm reading, I'll read this if you happen to be listening to me. So we already said that this stuff was preferred. Now let's get into the, if there's any caveats, meaning can you do this from another country? So one of the questions I would ask if I was living in another country or abroad or something like that, or if I wanted to work remotely from a country like Bali, not country, in Indonesia, in Bali. So I would want to know, do they have restrictions on where I can work from? That would be the next question. So the answer is yes, you could find a job in the U.S. is hot market. A lot of people say, oh, I can't find a job. Man, IT is booming, man. There's no problem in IT finding jobs. Here's one right here, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they got health plan. They probably have requirements because this is a government. So government positions, just so you know, usually they'll say remote, but you have to be in the United States. And then another thing to look out for if you happen to be not, if you're not a U.S. citizen, another thing you probably want to look out for is whether or not you have to be eligible 
for a certain clearance, security clearance. Because eligibility means that you are a U.S. citizen or a naturalized citizen or something like that. So the answer is yes, you can get a PMP in the United States. You just have to look at the requirements of it and and check out the site for that. And then the other thing I didn't do on here is look at you. One of the things you have to do is look at jobs posted and look at it from the last 14 days rather than last 30 days because it's going to be a little bit different. And look, this one right away says you have to be a U.S. citizen or a green card. This is exactly what I was talking about. This one's specifically saying you have to be a green card holder or a green card holder. Let me show you here. This is exactly what I was talking about. So yes, you can do it. But look, it is remote, by the way. But they want you to have a PMP certification, but you have to be either a U.S. citizen or a green card holder, and they tell you right away. That's what you want to look for. And then if they don't tell you on the job description, you have to do. You have to call them, like call them and figure that out. Hey, I want to know. Can I work there? I'm living in another state. I'm living in another country. Is that a problem? Is there any travel whatsoever? Is it a problem that I'm not a green card holder? You got to ask them all these kinds of questions. PMP is an incredible certification, by the way. Really good certification. A lot of technical guys I know got one because it's, it pays. Like PMP actually pays good money. Let me see. I got some other questions here. I'll stick with Italy and Japan. <laughs> okay, let me see here. I have some other YouTube questions I'm going to answer real quick if I can. Did it just log me out? Oh, man. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. It just logged me out. Wow. I don't know why I did that. I can see myself live. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it logged me out. But I'm about an, at an hour, so I'm, I'm going to cut this short here real quick. Thank you guys so much for watching me. I really appreciate everybody who's watching. I really appreciate my community. If you guys are interested in getting more, the show doesn't stop. You can always catch me on, you can email me, you can catch me on Discord, you can catch me on TikTok. I'm always posting new content. Any kind of questions that you have, feel free to ask me. Most of my content comes from people asking questions, so I'll actually make a video about it. And if it's a really good question that I'm being asked over and over again, I'll make an entire course out of it and spend weeks and months doing that. That's it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening to me on podcast. If you guys didn't know, I have a podcast that I do regularly. That's another place you can catch this stream. It's on podbean.com. Check that out or link in the description below. Um, 